morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Would you stand as we begin to worship today and testify to the goodness of God?
Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Let me try that again. Are you glad to be in the house of God today? Hey, amen. That's, I believe you now. Hallelujah. We've got so many reasons to thank God, for he has indeed done great things in our lives. Let me ask you a question. Who woke you up this morning? It starts with a J. Jesus. Amen. Thank you, dear. Uh, who feeds you every day? Jesus. Who helps you to get to your job if you're working each and every day? It's always Jesus. I heard a little young voice say Jesus. The one in whom we live and move and have our being is how Paul says it in Acts 17:28. We don't do anything unless God says so without Jesus. He has done great things. And the greatest thing he ever did was hang on that cross for you and me because he loves us so much. Amen. Hallelujah. One more time. Let's just give him the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, to love a sinner like me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go right to the word, brothers and sisters. In Isaiah 40, verse 28. To 31 if you have your Bibles. It's a wonderful scripture that tells you what God does in our lives. We don't have the energy to even hardly get up. Our God is there for us. Isaiah wrote, speaking as the oracle for God right here. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. Have you ever been faint? He'll send a strengthening angel to you. And to him who has no might, he increases your strength. Even young people, even the youth shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He's so good to us. He's done great things. Amen. At this time, if you'll join me, brothers and sisters, if we'll bow our heads in reverence to God. And let's go before the Lord in prayer. I know there's probably so many things in your heart as mine that we need to pray about. I wish we had more time. I wish I had more time. But just, I hear you, Pastor Jonathan. Lord, we just ask that you will bless the families who have lost loved ones recently, especially the little babies who were lost down there in Texas. Needlessly, unexplicably taken away from their parents and from the world. Such beautiful little children. We lay it at your feet, yes, ma'am. Lord, we know they're with you. But, Lord, those parents need comforting. They need your solace throughout that entire area. Our country needs your solace, your covering. We need you, dear God, to soothe us because we're hurting. We're hurting people. Those people we lost up in Buffalo just the other week. Wonderful, dear people just shopping. 
And Lord, they're all gone. But we know they're with you. But Father, we ask that you stop this madness, stop this evil that is so prevalent in this world. Lord, as Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we cannot fight in this battle, but our eyes are upon you. And Father, you said to Jehoshaphat, you will not have to fight in the battle, for the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Father, do what only you can do, and help us to do what we can do. Lord, I ask that you bless us today and fill us with your precious Holy Spirit so that we can worship you and praise you as we've never done before. We want to feel your presence, Lord. We know it's here, but Lord, we want to, we want to, as David said, taste and see that it is good. We ask that you just envelop us, imbue us in your holiness, dear God. For in your presence is fullness of joy, and we need that joy right now. And you said, at my right hand are blessings. And I will show you the pathways of life. Show us, dear God, what we need to do, how we need to pray, how much we need to worship you every day, every hour, every second of the day like David did. And, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, you just will bless this service. Bless the people who have given their lives in this country for, the, for America, who went into war. Nobody had to make them. They went. And they died for our country. We celebrate them this weekend, dear God, their great sacrifice, dear Lord. Bless all of our military, those who are presently serving right now. And Father, I just ask in Jesus' name, you bless each and every one of us who are here today, those who are home watching on the Internet. Bless them, dear God, for they thought it not robbery to be in your divine presence. And we thank you for the blessings that you promised us. In Psalm 133, that when brethren come together in unity, there you command your blessings. Thank you for your blessings, dear God, that make us rich and addeth no sorrow. We need the blessings. Lord, we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty, magnificent, and matchless name, we pray. Amen and, and amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated. All glory to God. Thank you, church. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. As part of the ministry of our Early Childhood Center, we have a summer camp. There are dozens of activities for children, including field trips, crafts, group games, devotion, and so much more. Camp begins June 13th and continues weekly through August 26th, and is for anyone who has completed kindergarten through sixth grade. Rates vary depending on how many weeks of camp your child needs. To learn more, call the center at 302-836-6445 or email hlois at ctcde.church. We are just a few weeks away from our Father's Day car show. Sunday, June 19th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., you can come and see all kinds of cool cars from classic to modern. The day will also include a live DJ, inflatables, and food. This year we are asking for a suggested donation of $20 per car to benefit Sunday Breakfast Mission in Wilmington. We will need a number of volunteers to make this happen. You can sign up to show your car or to volunteer by going to ctcde.church/events. 
The newly formed Men's Dinner Group is sponsoring an event this Wednesday, June 1st. Everyone is invited to join the group for a two-hour cruise from 6 to 8 p.m. on the Delaware River, beginning and ending in Delaware City. The group will meet at 515 at the post office parking lot on Clinton Street. Cost is $15 per person, and for $10 more, you can purchase a bag dinner. Stop by the Welcome Center to learn more or to sign up. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Mr. and Mrs. Bigman. Dear Mrs. Cushman, we regret to inform you that your husband has been killed in action. The tragic loss of your son has shocked all of us deeply. I extend my most profound sympathy to you on the recent loss of your daughter, who laid down her life on the field of battle. It is nearly impossible to find the words to say to the parents of one who has been killed in war. Some measure of comfort may be derived from the knowledge that he died in the service of his country and in the defense of a peace-loving people. Her enthusiasm and discipline marked her as an outstanding soldier, and as such, she commanded the respect of the officers and fellow soldiers of this unit. I am confident that his devotion to duty at the cost of all hell dear will hasten the day when ruthless aggression shall disappear from the face of the earth. I am proud to have served with him. Our faith enables us to withstand the shock and grief of death. It is my earnest prayer that Almighty God will sustain and strengthen you in this hour of trial. While the loss of your beloved one will be a hardship, we know that no life is truly lost for those who have faith in God. To all of you who have received these letters of condolence, and to all the brave men and women who gave their lives in defense of freedom, we remember you and honor you today. Amen. Good morning. I greet you in the name that is above all names. That is the name of our Savior, our Lord, our Christ, Jesus. We're really glad you're here. And as we commemorate um, Memorial Day tomorrow, if there are any Gold Star families with us today, or if you can hear us if you're online, we extend our hearts and our hands and share the love that God has freely given us with you and your family. You know, every week we always say, connect, 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 because that's important. We cannot forsake um, assembling ourselves. We cannot forsake sharing God's love with this world and with each other. So on your table, you will see a card 
that says connect. It says welcome on the front. I, I bought two cards that say the same thing, so I can't show you. But it says welcome on the front, and on the back it says connect. If you would, we appreciate you filling the card out for yourself and everyone at your table. At the bottom of the card, there's an opportunity to put praise reports and prayer requests. We meet throughout the week to confidentially pray over your prayer concerns and lift your concerns before the Lord. If you're online, there is a Connect tab. Please click the tab and fill out the information. Also, if this is your first time here and you're in the room, as you leave the celebration room, there is a welcome center out the door to your left. Please stop in. We have a small gift for you, and we'd like to just talk with you for a moment. And if you've been here for a while and haven't been by the welcome center or just like to go every week, that's fine. There are resources in there for you, for you or for you to share with others. If you're new here and you're online, please click the New Here tab, and Pastor Vaughn's team will reach out to you throughout the week to send you a message of greeting. And if you're recently back from vacation here, <laughs> our pastor and first lady, welcome back, Pastor Thank Roger. Thank you. It's always Glad good to be here. back. And let me add my welcome to everybody who's here today and everyone who's online. Thank you for joining us. Here we gather together in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who, who loves us, who brings us together and gives us a place to belong for sure. And it is good to gather once again as the body of Christ. Uh, we, we want to practice three things here especially. We focus on three things as we work together in understanding and experiencing God's love in our life. We, we love, we love God, we love others, we serve, we serve God. Uh, by serving others, Jesus didn't come uh, to be lifted up. He came to serve. He came to give his life. And so he calls us to sacrifice and to give ourselves to others. Uh, as well, so we want to hold each other accountable to do that and encourage one another to to serve uh, God and to engage the world with this amazing message uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He 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 is God. He died. He rose again from the grave, so that we all can experience forgiveness of our sins and uh, have the hope of everlasting life and make a difference in this world that needs us so desperately. Uh, needs God, as Pastor Vaughn already said. So that's what we're here to do, and uh, we want to be faithful in that. One of the ways we're faithful in that is by being generous to, to, to God and to one another. And you've got an offering envelope on your, uh, on, on your table or on your chair, and there's a, there's a give button. I don't say this very often. Uh, I, in fact, I think this is the first time in five years that I have ever said anything like this. And what I'm, what I'm going to say is I, I'm so grateful for your generosity that you give. I also want to let you know that we're a little bit behind in what we hope to be receiving in, uh, in this year. So if God has blessed you with some extra, I'm saying maybe God is asking you to pass that on to us in a, in a new way. And uh, I, 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 right? I don't ever say that. But I never never heard me say that. Uh, But you need to know uh, some of these things sometimes. And so thank you for your generosity. We have some principles here that we that we share and and teach each other. And uh, so we're on principle number two. Let's read this together. We give sacrificially and not simply from a surplus. 
And so take a moment and say, God, what do I have that you want me to share with others, whether it's with us here or with somebody else? But give sacrificially, not just out of the surplus that you have. And here's a, a scripture verse that encourages us in a similar way. Let's read this together. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. And uh, whether that sacrifice is, is a coin, whether it's a, a handshake, or whether it's a word, whether it's an extra action to encourage somebody, let it be something extra that is, that is given. And these are the sacrifices that please God. Um, I want to ask Kevin Sturgis to come up. If he would. And as we've been going through this series called You Belong, I've been introducing you to, to uh, various small group leaders. And we've talked uh, uh, about the small groups that we have. And Kevin is giving leadership to one of the small groups. Uh, actually, I know we've got a microphone. Hey, Kevin. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> doing good. I'm going to hold this because you you're, you're afraid of it. And so <laughs> you'll, you'll hold it way out here and nobody will hear what you have to say. Hi, guys. Hey, there hey, you morning. are. Kevin, Kevin's given leadership to our men's group. Recently, they've been gathering together once a month at a restaurant uh, and just to have supper together. And, uh, but, uh, uh, well, and, and you heard on the announcement video that, that we're having a, a boat ride that we're including uh, spouses or friends who want to join that. But the boat is full. Yes, number one is $10, not 15 but the boat is full. The boat's full. The boat's full. Any more people will sink it. If you've told me you wanted to sign up last week, come see me after the service. Uh-oh. And we'll get it taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're up to over 50 now. Yeah. So we but that's, that's a great problem to have. And uh, one of the things we're going to do, we hope, we hope to kind of uh, provide more opportunities for men to gather together, not just for a meal, but also for encouragement and scripture reading and prayer together. That is so important. It makes a difference in your life, doesn't it, Kevin? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Love it. Very good. Kevin, a man of many words. And uh, thank you, Kevin. Yeah, so get involved in a small group. Don't come to this church for long and not get involved with at least a handful of people that when you show up here, you're connecting with those people. And during the week, you're connecting with those people. That is so important to be part of the body of Christ in that way. Let's continue worshiping our Lord this morning. I invite you to stand with me as I offer this prayer and the team returns to lead us. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings that you give to us. Thank you for the way that you provide for us. Thank you for the encouragement that you give to us. Even through extremely difficult and painful experiences, you never forget us and you are with us. And we thank you for that. So, Lord, as we sing to you this morning, we pray that your Holy Spirit will fall upon us in a fresh and a new way. Let us know how great and wonderful you are and how important we are to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. It's important for us to worship God and praise Him in any situation in our lives, right? We understand that this morning. Praise can be a weapon in our lives. Amen. We can use that against the enemy. And that's what God wants us to do today. So as we continue to worship today, that's what we're going to sing about.
situations that God has brought us through and situations that we have praised him through in our lives, we can truly 
look back on those circumstances and see what he's brought us through. And not only that, but we can see where we are today. And it is not where we used to be. Amen? If we are using praise as the weapon that we just talked about in that last song, then the situations in our lives don't become, don't stay insurmountable in our lives. But when we use praise to lift him up and to defeat the enemy, we can look back and we can say, God, I thank you for where I am today because it's not where I used to be.
God, we thank you for the freedom that we enjoy in you today. We thank you, God, for the freedom that we have in you. Because as it was said earlier in the service today, it is in you that we live and move and have our being. Without you, we are nothing. And God, today our hearts are heavy as we come to worship. Our hearts are heavy for families in New York and in Texas, all over this country, God. And Lord, we pray today for your Holy Spirit to move in our midst, not just in our midst, but in our nation. We love to quote 1 Chronicles 7.14, don't we? If my people who are called by my name, blah, 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 heal my land. But what are the first words to that verse? If my people. Not somebody else. Us. And when I say us, I mean me also. A pastor friend of mine loves to use the this question when asking about situations like this, and that is, when was the last time we wept? When was the last time we wept over our city? When was the last time we wept over our schools? When was the last time we wept over our nation, over our leaders, over people who give leadership to this nation, to churches, to to the body of Christ in general. When was the last time? And again, when I say we, I mean me. Because after this service is over, I'll get in my nice car and I'll go to my nice house and the air conditioning's running and the refrigerator's full of food and and it's going to be great. But people all over this nation and people in specific parts of this country today are burying children. And we need a move of God like never before in our nation. So the question is, when? And the answer should be now. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in a corporate setting like this. It doesn't necessarily have to be when we're all together. It can be when we fall on our faces in our prayer closet, in our home, in our living room, wherever it is that you pray. That God would come and intervene in our nation. So, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would just move in our midst, move on our behalf today. God, we pray for families all over this nation. We pray for your church. We pray that we, as the body of Christ, would become light. That we would take the tarp off the lens of the lighthouse. And that we would shine your light in the way that you want us to, in the way that you need us to. Holy Spirit, move among us today and stir us, not just to emotion, but stir us to change and stir us to action. We thank you, Lord, for that. We pray that you would bless our kids' ministry team uh, this morning as they uh, minister to our children. Uh, God, we just pray for our pastor as he brings the message this morning. Uh, that your anointing would rest on him and uh, that we would receive uh, what you have for us today in the name of Jesus. Before you're seated, April, I'm just going to ask you to join me up here quickly just so folks can see you. If you have children that are going to kids' church after this is over, uh, Miss April is going to take them uh, to their activities. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. You can be seated.
life, it can be hard. But we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community. Each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. Then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find, when you find, the place where you belong. What a powerful time, and it's a, 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 to, to be in the presence of God and, and the experiences of our world today. Uh, these experiences, I was talking with one of our members earlier this morning, these experiences that we're watching, and uh, we're experiencing them too, some of us from a distance, some of it's very personal and very close to us. These are spiritual forces happening in this world that are beyond us. This is the Lord's battle. And he needs his people simply to to call out, to cry out. As Pastor Bill said, when is the last time that we have wept? I heard somebody beside me say, today. And that is the right answer. The Lord needs us simply to call his people, to call out to him and say, Lord, we need your power to move across my life and our land in a powerful way. You belong. Plain and simple. You belong. The question today is, where do you belong? Paul helps us understand that question. The Apostle Paul helps us answer that question. But first, I want to explore why the answer to that question is so important. And we don't have to look very far to see the answer. Why is it important that we know that we belong? A few months ago, I told you about a man named Bruce. Bruce was part of our community at our Ellesmere campus, closer in to Wilmington. A couple of years ago, we met Bruce because he attended a lunch that we served out of that church to anybody in the community who needed a meal. And there were days when Bruce was the only person that showed up to the meal. That's why we stopped the meal, because too few people were coming. But we made a connection with Bruce. Bruce lived by himself a few blocks away from the church. And and every now and then, Pastor Sharon at Ellesmere would, would ask one of Bruce's neighbors who also attended the Ellesmere campus, and how's Bruce doing, how's Bruce doing, and Several weeks, maybe even months passed once, and Pastor Sharon hadn't heard anything about Bruce. So she called up the member and said, how's Bruce? And the member said, oh, he died. Well, when did he die and why didn't we know? Bruce belongs to us because he just came to that. Why didn't you let me know that Bruce passed away? Well... There wasn't really a good answer. <laughs> the, 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 it's just, well, I, just, I guess I just thought that, you know, everybody... Well, where is Bruce now? When were his services? I don't know. So Pastor Sharon started digging in and discovered she hadn't seen any obituary for Bruce. She hadn't seen anything about Bruce. 
in, in the paper or heard anything about it. And finally she kept calling until she discovered that Bruce's body was still in the county morgue. There were no plans for him to be buried. Nobody was taking responsibility for Bruce's body. Nobody was remembering Bruce. There was no service plan. And Sharon said, that is not right because everybody belongs to somebody. And Bruce is part of us just because he attended a a meal every now and then. A meal that we stopped because he was the only one that showed up. Probably not a good reason to stop a meal. <laughs> so Pastor Sharon said we need to do a little bit more. And so she, and, and she, she talked with the, the people at the morgue and asked, where is he going to be buried? What's going to happen to Bruce? And they said, well, he's labeled as indigent, which means he'll be buried at some point in Potter's Field, which is a cemetery for people who kind of get lost. And this Potter's Field is, is an actual place south of Wilmington. It's right next to the women's penitentiary. And between the women's prison and the landfill, <laughs> where your garbage goes, is Potter's Field. And that's where Bruce was going to be placed in an unmarked grave. Pastor Sharon said, that's not right. He belongs to us. Somebody's got to take responsibility. So she she made some more phone calls and she discovered that Bruce had had a place to be buried in Grace Lawn Cemetery. And not only did he have a place, a, a plot to be buried in, there was already a headstone there with his name on it right next to the woman that he spent most of his life with living with. There was a place for Bruce because Bruce belonged to somebody. And so we as a congregation, there was nobody making arrangements for Bruce's burial. So because of your generosity, remember I said that, because of your generosity, I said that earlier today, because of your generosity, we made the commitment to pay the burial fees so that Bruce could be buried in his place where he had planned to be buried. And we gathered some people together and we let the neighbors know that on such and such day, at such and such time, we're going to be having a short little graveside service for Bruce. And there probably were ten people or so. Some of them classmates from childhood. Some of them co-workers. Some of them neighbors on the street. But Bruce had a place to belong. If somebody labeled indigent, maybe sometimes in your life you feel like you've been labeled indigent and you don't matter. But hear me clearly. You matter. And you belong. And this is good news. Because you belong. We've also had powerful examples this week that answer the question, to whom do we belong? And the shootings that took place in our nation in the last couple of weeks remind us that we all belong to somebody. And it is grievous. It is. It should bring tears to our eyes when it takes these kinds of experiences to remind us to grab hold of our children, to say to the people, I respect you. I love you. You matter. We should be doing that every day without horrendous experiences reminding us that life is short. And and, and we've already mentioned those that are far off, but there are times when when there are people right beside us that are also grieving. And, 
And, and I'm, I'm sad to bring news to some of you today that two of our brothers in Christ have passed away in this past week. One of them was uh, Ray Kennedy, and the other one was Tom Wynn, who had just passed away this morning. And we, we grieve these friends, brothers, husbands, fathers. And it causes us to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, come be with us. But we rejoice that they are not alone. And they belong. They belong to God. They belong to families. They belong to us. And you have a place to belong to. That's what we're studying in this, in this sermon series called You Belong. We're looking at the book of Ephesians and, and seeing what does that mean that I belong. And Paul, the apostle, has written this letter to the people saying to them, you belong and this is how you are to behave. This is why we belong. This is how we belong. And this is what we are to do in being the community of followers of Jesus that he has called us to be. And this is the role that we've got in our world. You belong. And it's not just to sit here and do nothing. It's to do something because we all matter. So let's look at this, this section of the book of Ephesians from chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Just a few verses, but they are powerful in what they have to say to us. And I encourage you to open the Bible. I think it's page 798, somewhere around there. Ephesians chapter 2. If you're on a device, you're at home, open up your own Bible. But I've got it on the screen. But we're going to back up and pull out some, some significant words. Words that popped out to me as I was studying this this week. So let's read this. Verse 19 begins, So now, you Gentiles... Now, in Paul's world that day, there were only two types of people that concerned him. There were the Jews... And there was everybody else. And if you were not Jew, Jewish, you were Gentile. So Paul's talking about, in his mindset, he's talking about everybody in the world. you got Jews and Gentiles. And he's speaking specifically to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. And he says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens. You belong. You're part of the community. Along with all of God's holy people. Now this word holy here, we can say, we can, we can interpret it as set apart, set aside, set unique for a special purpose. And, it, and it's not just God's holy people that He has a purpose for, because now... Everybody is part of that by their faith in Jesus Christ. We're all citizens, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You belong. Together, we are His house. It has this powerful analogy, a metaphor. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone of that house is Jesus Christ Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through Him, 
you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. Let's back up to verse 19. And focus on, I already mentioned about Gentiles, let's focus on the words strangers and foreigners. This word foreigner means a person belonging to a socio-political group other than the referenced group. So this is for a socio-political group. A social or a political group. Not geographic, but a social group. Can you list in your mind some different types of social groups in America? Yes, you can. (laughs) You should be able to. Can you list in your mind some different types of political groups in America? You know what Paul is saying here, right? That Jesus Christ and our unity in Jesus Christ supersedes any divisions that we have in social strata or political identity. Let's remember that, Americans. (laughs) By our faith in Christ, our unity in the body of Christ is much stronger than our political ideologies. Oh, careful, Pastor. You're getting close to talking, stepping on people's toes. Jesus often stepped on people's toes, not just his. <laughs> Never hurts when I step on my own toes. I do it every day. Foreigners. It's the word strangers. A person who, for a period of time, lives in a place which is not his normal residence. Paul is not. Not just giving two synonyms here. He's giving two words that have two different meanings. And in doing so, he expands it and he includes everybody who claims Jesus Christ as the Son of God, having died on the cross for for our sins, raised to life again. Those who believe in that are one in Him. We are family. I don't know, I should break out in that what song? We are family. That would have been fun, wouldn't it? The most creative stuff comes right here, right now. (laughs) And I missed my opportunity. Foreigners and strangers. I'm reminded of the time when Carolyn and I had been married um, not even two years, I think. We decided to leave the the work that I was doing down in the church uh, in Georgia and, and sensing that God was moving me to a different place, but not quite yet knowing what that was. We moved back from Georgia, back to New York, lived with my parents for nine months on the farm as we were discerning and deciding what, what, what's the next phase in our lives. Carolyn, you know, you've heard me say, grew up here at the beach in Delaware. Bethany Beach was the place that she spent her, her summer days. Isn't that nice? She lived just a couple miles inland. and Her mother would take her to the beach, drop her off back in the day, And Carolyn and friends spent the whole day at the beach. Doesn't that sound fun? All summer long. What a way to grow up. (laughs) Meanwhile, back on the farm is Roger pulling weeds, sweating in the heat. Poor me. 
Carolyn and I come from very different places. We come from very different cultures. Put your toes in the sand and sit there all day? I don't know what that is. You know, put, on the, put on the boots and hike through the dirt <laughs> to get the produce and take it to market and sell it. That's what I did. Two different worlds. So the day came when we, we got married, and then a couple of years after that, we moved back on the farm. I'm taking Carolyn, who grew up in this environment, and I'm taking her on the farm that I'm very accustomed to. Who's the stranger? Who's the foreigner? Who's the alien? We get there. The day we arrived on the farm, it was a beautiful spring day. Dad was, Dad was about a half mile away down in the field. From the house we, up on the hill, we could look down and see what Dad was doing down there. And, and he sent word up to me. And this is Dad said, Hey, Roger, I want to show you something. And that always means I have work for you to do. And we had just arrived. I've got my new wife here. She's the stranger in this strange land. There's no beach. There's no water. She doesn't know anybody very closely. She knows, has met my family a few times. And my father is saying, hey, Roger, I need you to come down here into the field to put these pepper plants in the ground. (laughs) And I do what my father says. And my wife is alone in a foreign land. In a house that is her mother-in-law's. And what's going to happen next? Carolyn was the stranger. Paul is saying, we are no longer strangers and foreigners. In Christ, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are His house built on a foundation along with of, of the apostles and the prophets. And I want to... Use, I want to uh, Um, open up the meaning of these words, apostles and prophets, because they're pretty churchy words. And and, and we tend to think of them as, as certain specific people. But you notice that in this sentence, they're not capitalized. And I wish the translators would be a little bit more honest in in translating words like this instead of using these big churchy words that make us think about something else. The word apostle literally means person who has been sent with an important message. That's what the word apostle means. It's kind of like an ambassador for the United States. The President of the United States appoints Jonathan to be an ambassador to Greece. I don't know. Pick a country. And, and, and Jonathan has the authority as, as the representative of the United States of America to go make decisions, to, to represent, to speak for. That's what an apostle is. And, 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 and it's, the focus is not on who the person is. The focus is on what the person does. God has sent people with the message from God to me and you. And He's been doing that for ages and ages and ages and ages. And we call them apostles. But it's a person who has been sent. Prophet is similar. A person who has been given a message to proclaim. A person who has been given a message to, to, to adhere to and to remind the people this is what the Lord says. That's what the prophets do. Prophets don't, don't just predict what happens in the future. That's, that's not the prophets say, the Lord, the Lord said this. And this is what we are to do. 
And if you don't do that, this is going to happen. Yes, the prophets say that, but the prophets, that's not predictive, that's more descriptive. Just like if you run the red light, you're going to get caught. You're going to have to have a fine to pay. That's not predictive. <laughs> that's descriptive. So prophets describe the consequences of what will happen. And so God sent these prophets. God sent the apostles. But the key person who God has sent to us is Jesus Christ Himself. That's what this verse is saying. It's not Jesus equal to the prophets. Jesus equal to the apostles. It's, it's Jesus. <laughs> the most important one was given the message. And we are carefully... Jesus is the cornerstone. That's, that's what the word cornerstone means. The most important one. Jesus Christ Himself. And we are carefully joined together. Why would Paul use the word carefully? What, what, what does he mean by carefully joined together? He's, it's intentional. I got a... Last Christmas... You gave this to me, Linda, right? Let's see. Where's, 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 can we go to this camera over here and zoom in on what I've got here? We didn't, we didn't practice this. They don't know. We've got to wait for the cameras to. So this is a puzzle. It's a puzzle. Uh, it's a three-dimensional puzzle, and it's a cow. Does this look like a cow? If you can, if we get the camera to zoom in, but doesn't look like we're going to get that right away. Uh, it's a puzzle. There it is. Beautiful. I got to punch out these little pieces of cut out wood from the from this piece and and fit them on here. What a mess! I've been working on this since Christmas. <laughs> I try to get people people come into my office and I said, "Do you like puzzles? You want to work on this? You got to carefully fit these pieces." Together. I don't know where this goes. There's a sheet that says this is A17 and it goes to B37. And I'm looking, where in the world is what? It's crazy. So, so this, this phrase, carefully joined together, is what this describes. I have to carefully fit this together. So what, what Paul is saying in this is that Jesus takes you and carefully places you someplace. And, and you have a specific task and purpose to accomplish. You are the hip of this cow. <laughs> or, or you choose the part that you want to be. Just, just don't... Like make it an utterly ridiculous part. <laughs> you knew that had to come someplace. And when you get to one spot, you might have to say to somebody, move over, that's my spot. <laughs> you have a place. <laughs> you belong. And God has a purpose for you. And, and let's finish this up. So, carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. 
That's the big picture. And through Him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling. And it's not just about God's, God's people. It's about everybody in the world. God's plan for the world is that we all come together under the name of Jesus Christ to be a place where God resides. And we look at this world today and we, we say, God, where are you? And God looks at the church and He says, I'm right here. And God has no other plan to be present in this world except to be present in His people who claim to be, have faith in Him. God is in you who have faith in Jesus Christ and He has a task for you within the church. There is no plan B to transform this world. It's got to come through you and your faith in Jesus Christ. You've got to make the difference. Right here, right now. And the difference that you make right here, right now, will be a movement that transforms the entire world. Do you believe it? Yes. We've got to do this. The people of God have got to listen to the Word of God and the presence of His Holy Spirit to fulfill the work that He has for us to do. Where are you, church? It's individual and it's corporate. It's both. Jesus being the cornerstone of the house that is the dwelling of God in this world. You belong to God through your faith in Jesus Christ. You have a place. You have a purpose. You have tasks to complete You make a difference in people's lives. You matter. You have work to do. So let's do it. Let's do it. Last week, Daniel asked you if there was anyone in your life that was difficult for you to be with. (laughs) Someone in your family, for example? Someone with whom you have a difficult relationship? Perhaps as a co-worker that you have difficulty connecting with, communicating with, or a neighbor, or someone at church perhaps. We cannot separate ourselves from those persons completely because we are united by our faith in Jesus Christ even when we see their or our own shortcomings, their mistakes, their blemishes, their flaws. We are made one through our common faith in Jesus and we are no longer strangers or foreigners to one another. There's a a phrase, a, a quote that I think is beautiful comes out of the movie, the first movie, The Chronicles of Narnia. And the children who, 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 who escaped the bombings from London during World War II are sent to live in, this, in, the manse, in the mansion of this professor. And he could care less about them, so he's hired a nanny to take care of them. But one day the two older children are complaining about the two younger children, and they go to the professor and they say, why doesn't, why doesn't my younger brother do this? Why does my younger sister do this? They're, they're just being immature. They need to grow up. And they're complaining and they're they're bickering together and they're fighting as siblings. Oh, that never happens in our families. The professor listens to them and in his wisdom, he asks a question. He says, you're family, aren't you? And they say, well, yes. And he comes out with this powerful phrase. 
you just might need to start acting like one. Who's going to be the pattern for how we act as a family? Don't look to the families of this world because we all fail. You've got to look to the family of God. You've got to look to God, our Heavenly Father, who unites us. You've got to look to Jesus Christ who changes my life so that I can love those who I don't like. Don't start questioning, well, does Pastor Roger like me? Of course I like you. But you don't always like me. Let's be honest about it. I say things, I do things, I don't do things that you hoped I would do. Let's love each other. You might just want to start try acting like the family of God. Why do you point out the speck in your brother's eye when you can't even see the log in your own, Jesus says. We who claim to trust in Jesus, and indeed we do, are the very presence of God in this world. And He's chosen to use what we call the church to be God's presence here, God's voice, God's workers. And if we expect to make a difference in our world, which I hope we do, we must first be transformed by God's presence in our own lives, and then we will be able to reflect God's love and power in this world. We become channels of His power. What's God calling you to do in this world? What's God calling you to do this week? How is God calling you to act today, tomorrow, the next day, right with the people with whom you live? Do you have a sin to confess in your life? You just need to be honest with God and say, God, you know who I am. I'm sorry I'm not living my life the way you want me to. Forgive me. By the blood of Jesus, change me. You need to ask God's Holy Spirit to fill you with His power, His love, and His sound mind. Remember that scripture. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power the spirit of love, the spirit of sound mind. That's the spirit that God gives to us. So when you feel fear, when you feel timid against the injustices of this world, get rid of that. Take the spirit of God, power, love, and sound mind. We need that. Let's continue to pray and reflect as we answer these questions. We reflect on them. As we continue to worship, the team comes back. I invite you to stand with me and let me offer this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we continue to worship you and pray for you, you're calling us, calling us to confess our own weaknesses, to confess our own sinfulness, to confess those those times when we have contributed to the evil of this world. We're so sorry, God, that we have not loved your people, that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We need you, Jesus. And as Pastor Bill referenced earlier, come, let us be part of that movement of you transforming our lives and this world that you love. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to come and pray here at the platform area or to meet with one of our Uh, prayer team members back in the corners where the prayer stations are, the banners and the candles show you where to go. Let's sing, let's worship, let's pray.
Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your presence, God. We ask you right now in these moments as we join together in prayer that your Holy Spirit would be here with us. presence today, God. We ask for your presence to go before us, beside us, behind us, as we go from this place today, as we live our lives, as we connect with one another, Lord, be the center of our lives. We're just going to continue to spend a few minutes in worship up here.
When you need to go, you can go. The front area is still open to pray. Our uh, prayer counselors are still at the uh, prayer station. And uh, if you're online, there'll be folks around for another 15 or 20 minutes or so. God, go with us today and every day. In Jesus' name, thank you for worshiping with us.